Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about why it's a big deal that researchers found life way beneath the Antarctic ice, why scientists measured people's blinks while they exercised, and why having a bad boss can make you a great boss. Let's satisfy some curiosity. All right, so everybody knows that a sponge can live in a pineapple under the sea, right? Well, it turns out they can also survive in much harsher conditions, as in beneath thousands of feet of Antarctic ice. That was a huge surprise to researchers with the British Antarctic Survey, who made the shocking discovery totally by mistake. They had spent weeks planning and preparing to collect a sample of the ocean floor from beneath a giant ice shelf. They drilled half a mile, or nearly one kilometer, into the ice, lowered a coring device with a GoPro attached, and waited an hour for it to return to the surface. And when it did, it was empty. Turns out they drilled directly above a boulder. Now, while the geologists were disappointed, it was a happy accident for the biologists on the team. The GoPro footage revealed colonies of organisms that had never been seen before including two types of sponge and a few other tube-shaped creatures. One scientist from the team called the discovery slightly bonkers and said they wouldn't have thought to look for life down there in a million years. Those are the actual words of the scientist. What makes these animals' survival so remarkable is that they're stationary. No, I don't mean that they're an envelope or a notepad. I mean they just sit there. Mobile creatures like shrimp and worms and krill that have been found that deep are able to swim to find food. Filter feeders like these suspected sponges eat whatever happens to float by or fall onto them. These creatures were found beneath a skyscraper-sized layer of ice in water that's below freezing and devoid of sunlight where no plants grow. That means there's probably not a lot of food just drifting past. The scientists think they probably feed on dead plankton that floated thousands of miles to get there. This discovery could be the key to finding out if there's life out there in the universe. Scientists think there are three ingredients for sustaining life. Liquid water, a source of energy, and the right mix of chemicals like carbon and oxygen. One place that has that mix of ingredients is Saturn's moon Enceladus. Enceladus is a small moon encrusted in thick ice with a liquid saltwater ocean beneath its surface. Sounds similar to where those sponges were found, right? So if life can survive that far under Antarctic ice, there's a good chance it can survive elsewhere in our solar system. Whether that life is absorbent and yellow and porous, well, only time will tell. Like, what if the first alien we discover is literally SpongeBob SquarePants? That would be mind-blowing. The eyes are the window to the soul, as they say. It turns out they're also the window to the brain. That came in handy for a team of researchers who recently watched people blink to better understand the connections between exercise and brain function. There's plenty of research showing that people who exercise a lot tend to do a touch better on average at tests that measure cognitive function. Researchers know of a few different ways that physical activity benefits the brain, but they're still working to fully understand the relationship. That's why researchers recently invited 25 healthy young men into the lab for an experiment that took place over three days. 
On the first day, the participants rode exercise bikes until they were exhausted. That was to measure their levels of aerobic fitness. On the next day, the researchers measured how frequently each participant blinked. Why? Well, because it's recently become clear that measuring blink rate is an easy, non-invasive way to track the activity of the dopaminergic system. That's the brain's so-called reward system. But despite the name, it plays an important role in all kinds of brain activity. On day three, the participants performed a cognitive test. They were shown a computer screen with a row of colored X's at the top and a list of colors below. Their task was to quickly determine whether the color names matched the order of the colored X's above. While each participant worked on the task, researchers used a brain scanner to watch what was happening in a region of the prefrontal cortex that's responsible for things like working memory and selective attention. Once the researchers crunched all those numbers, they found a strong correlation between blinking, fitness, and cognitive performance. Higher levels of one was correlated with higher levels of the others. When they analyzed the data with fancier statistics, the researchers found that blink rate was the key to this relationship. And remember, blink rate is a sign of dopamine activity. Greater aerobic fitness was correlated with a higher blink rate, and a higher blink rate was correlated with greater cognitive performance. So does that mean that exercise turbocharges the dopaminergic system to make people blink faster and be smarter? Well, it's not that simple. When the researchers added the brain scans into the mix, they saw that smart blinkers actually had average or below average activity in the brain region they looked at. It looks like exercise makes the dopamine system more efficient, which in turn apparently leads to better cognitive performance. In the end, it's one more reason to keep up that exercise routine. Hey, here's some good news. There may be some silver lining to having a bad boss. And make no mistake, bad bosses are bad news, both for their employees and for the company itself. Employees with bad managers are more likely to skip work, quit their jobs, and sue their companies. And that costs companies billions of dollars every year. Even worse, research suggests that abuse by a boss can trickle down to other managers. So, does that mean if you have a bad boss, you're doomed to be a bad boss too? Well, a study from the University of Central Florida says not necessarily. And, in fact, it could make you a great boss. In the first part of their study, they had 288 online participants imagine that they were a supervisor at a cafe. They were the boss, but they also had a boss. The researchers tweaked the description of the boss to make the participants either identify with the boss or feel like they were nothing like them. The Imaginary Cafe had a program to reward employee suggestions, and the participants imagined that they brought up an idea to their boss. For some participants, the boss ridiculed their idea in front of their peers. For others, the boss just passed the idea on to management. Next, participants got an idea from one of their employees, and the idea was bad. You can probably see where this is going. Here's the surprising part. Participants who didn't identify with their boss and were also mistreated by them demonstrated more ethical leadership behaviors with their own employees compared to participants who weren't mistreated at all. The mistreated ones acted more ethically. Who would have thunk it? But what would make someone not identify with their boss in the first place? 
Well, in the next part of the study, the researchers found out. They looked at survey data from real workplaces in Indian cities. They found that if an employee had a strong moral identity, they were less likely to identify with an abusive boss and, therefore, more likely to demonstrate ethical leadership. So basically, the takeaway here is that abusive bosses don't always spread their abusive style through an organization. In fact, abuse can prompt some people with strong moral compasses to behave more ethically. Now, that's not to say that you want a bad boss, but if you've already got one, it sure is a nice silver lining. All right, well, let's recap what we learned today, starting with the fact that researchers found life deep beneath Antarctic ice, like a skyscraper's length deep. And that's a big deal, because if life can survive there, then there's a chance it could survive in other places in our solar system. Slightly bonkers, as a scientist might say. And we also learned that by measuring blinks, researchers found that exercise seems to lead to better cognitive performance. And that seems to happen because exercise makes your dopaminergic system more efficient. So basically, you're thinking smarter, not harder. That's why you're smarter than me, Ashley, because you exercise more. Oh, I was waiting for it. Wait. I was waiting for it. Thank you, Cody. Thank you, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, I just needed to hear it from you. Mm -hmm. We're good now. We can move on. You didn't have to wait very long. You really didn't. <laughs> uh, it's fine. No, but I really... But you I, really are smarter than me. No, I, I know. No, you don't have no. to rub it in. It's fine. <laughs> it's just, it's incredible how when I have to take a break from running, like if I get injured, my head is cloudier than it is when I'm exercising regularly. Like you can, you can see it happening. It's exercise is good stuff. Yeah. But non-exercise is also good sometimes to bring you down to my level, you know? <laughs> That's right. Teach you some empathy. <laughs> <laughs> what else did we learn, Ashley? Well, we also learned that having a bad boss could make you a better boss, at least if you have a strong moral identity and you don't actually relate to your bad boss. It's like you behave extra ethically when your boss is extra abusive, although it's probably just best if you have a good boss in the first place, much less painful. Have you had a bad boss in the past, Cody? You don't have to say you know the I name. Have. <laughs> You know, I have, I have had a couple atrocious, just unsurvivable bosses in the past. And the number one thing I've learned between good bosses and bad bosses, are the bad bosses want to just tell you what to do and how to do it. And good bosses provide resources and support to help you get a job done. And that's just the main difference. Trusting your employees to do their jobs goes such a long way. It just, you know, it, it, it makes you better at your job when you know that you're trusted. It's a better way of saying what I just said, yeah. Well, it's because I exercise, Cody. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Today's stories were written by Steffi Drucker, Grant Curran, and Mae Rice, and edited by Ashley Hamer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity Daily. Script writing was by Cody Goff and Sonia Hodgen. Today's episode was produced and edited by Cody Goff. Join us again tomorrow to learn something new and perhaps slightly bonkers in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. 